1: This is a live situation developing. Uh, We can talk about the race. Uh, There's plenty of time to talk about the race, um, but much more present and uh, of of considerable more importance, first and foremost, in our minds, is getting away from La Reims. Now, there was an official evacuation route, uh, which we, uh, first of all, uh, decided to take, which took us down the valley and slammed into a traditional Tour de France traffic jam, at which point there was a brief discussion in the pod car about whether or not we try doing the adventurous over the mountain route. So we turned around passing an endlessly long traffic jam and we were stopped by a policeman who said, no, 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 you have to go the official evacuation route. At which point David just sprung a massive fib to a policeman as Magical well. Magical idea. Yeah, yeah. And um, it was a great idea. He said, I just need to go to the parking there, but actually he just drove on. And then we're up a mountain and um, we have seen quite a lot of traffic some of it with stickers on coming back down the mountain as if the, the route is blocked. Stickers, so to reiterate, refers to cars with accreditation. two. Tour- uh, another one's just passed Which another one. one. another, and one. And oh, another yeah. one. And
2: another one.
3: And another one. one. Take the sticker so off the car. I think we need to take the sticker off the car.
2: So we don't know
1: what's up this mountain. See, I don't
4: know whether they're just chickening out because they've seen other cars do the U-turn and come back. Because we just stopped a, a civilian coming down, who was wearing a beret incidentally, who was really nice and just yeah. said, "Yeah, of course he can get over. This is the way to Lord." And we were like, "You sure?" And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, it's fine." I think he might have been lying. But
1: we why would know. he lie to you, David? Unless, you, unless you know him from the past and he's got a vendetta against you or you owe money or something. I mean, it seems unlikely. Is it was a complete Maybe. Well, he was wearing a Basque beret, wasn't he? Yeah. But he had well, a, anyway, a, we're committed to find now. out soon. Yeah. We're going to find out very soon. Um,
2: excuse me. Yeah. An Australian. Won the stage of the Tour de France day and took the yellow jersey.
1: Uh, that is important. Yeah, we'll Cadell, c- we'll but come to that, but um, uh, yeah, first of all, we want to. I just yeah. want to point out that this is being a little bit selfish. No, no, the tension. No, no, th- no, th- no.
3: There's a lot of tension here, like way so more than stage five of the Tour de France. We
1: appreciate your input, and it's great that you have, um, you know, embraced your presence, your hostage presence on the podcast to the extent that you have. But I'm hostage I'm, guest. Yeah, it's a hostage guest, but um, brother Cadell it, it's it's a bit rich. Um, you know uh, we've done over 200 episodes of this podcast and um you can't start writing the running order like that i'm afraid cadel okay okay <laughs> so, I, I apologize for that's my, okay um, brother cadel
2: but it's also like not very often an aussie takes a yellow jersey at the tour fair. so, so fair. but I, I, I won't i won't revert back to that i'll i'll i'll, I'll, right. I'll creep back in, uh, into my shell and say i'm really sorry lord that way
4: okay update we're moving off the actual goat path we were on. Yeah, onto, onto a principal a road. Hotel road.
3: de Piritis. And Poe is hotel
2: that way. And, and it's saying oh no. it's a
4: traffic jam on and Google, but I'm not seeing any traffic jam. Okay, so yeah, that's good.
3: So, okay. So far, so good. Oh, oh on the Obisque.
2: on the
1: Obisque. We're on the Obisque. Oh. oh, so we got to oh. die. Oh, we over the Obisque. <laughs> oh, oh I f- got masters.
2: I got <laughs> dropped by Michael in here
1: in 2014. <laughs> this is
3: quality. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we don't want to talk about Jai just for the next five, ten minutes, because this is brilliant. Is it so the Obisque. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Oh. Remember when, like, he nearly dropped the TV motorbike a bit after, and then he went home. Ah,
1: oh, this oh, is oh. gold. Well, for well, now it is. Who nearly dropped the TV motorbike? What are you talking about?
2: rasmussen But
3: well, you? Twi- you doing a lap, David. Well, or yeah, yeah, this this is, oh, you this have is to go. Okay. Gear.
2: This is because you're on the race. You come up this side. And that, I don't and
3: feel like we're out of the. I'm not. Uh, I'm not relaxing right. just yet. So, yeah, no, out I'm not here, relaxing at all. i back, Just balancing a mixer
1: on my lap. Now we're good.
3: Launch on the obese. There's no one stopping us. We've
1: done it.
4: They oh, could well, wait,
1: wait. Wait. Um. Wait. Don't go too early. No, we've done Boy, it. Oh, oh we're clear, guys.
4: What were those other cars coming down for then? <gasps> I know. Why? What? Perhaps they'd gone up the obese because they were parked past the finish line and came up the like obese then were dropping back down again. You what? See what I mean? They'd oh, done they the had lower slope to, to the round, And then dropped back on the goat path to go back down. Ah, that's what, what they were doing.
2: What, they were doing like Rico?
4: Well, no, because they were parked in sort of a different place to us, further ahead, where the only way exit was to go up the Obisque and then back down that way to go to the official evacuation.
3: God knows, either way, where I didn't I understand know. that but sentence. Where, where, where? where it's a
2: beautiful, it? it's a beautiful drive. I'm happy to come back to the Obisque and not have my legs hurting because yeah. I'm not chasing Michael Rasmussen up here. Yeah, mm. Tw- wait, twenty fourteen. That can't be right. No, twenty sixteen. What was the year he was booted? It was his last year of the tour. 2006, 2000 and oh, uh, t- I two th- 2014. I didn't even yeah. Yeah. Ride, the, ride the tour in twenty fourteen. Uh, <laughs> I just <16, laughs> said whatever. I just <laughs> whatever year as came as well. into my head. Yeah. So, so talking about
1: It was. I think it's was two thousand seven, wasn't it? The year. Was it two thousand seven? I think it was the Rasmus. Ah, uh,
2: Contador. Yeah, Contador one in the end. Yeah,
1: yeah. 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 I was still I under sixteen. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Good I was well over sixteen.
1: Yeah. Well, I had it. David and I actually had a coffee this morning in the um, Mercure Hotel in Pau, with Christian van der didn't we, David? We did, yes, That's And lovely. And um, w- that was the hotel from which Michael Rasmussen was spirited away in the middle of the night, when um, Rabobank, who were the team sponsor at the time, eventually phoned up the directorship of the team and said, actually, for our brand, um, it's no longer looking good. Well, uh, so please, can you remove your rider in the yellow jersey? So, who, here's a question. Who was wearing yellow the next day? Uh, that's a good question. I don't
2: remember. Because we, ra- we had the. I guess they must have put Contador in it. I can't remember what the stage was the next day. No. Oh, can I just make a slight diversion? Because we passed the sound assigned to Poe just before. Yeah. yeah. And my baggage landed at Poe an hour and a half ago.
4: Wow. Oh, that means we can get it tomorrow and we drop you
1: off.
2: That was my plan.
1: Ah, very good. There you Segway. go. Segway. Segway's okay. all around. Yeah, yeah. Because Cadell had his um his, his luggage on. Mi- well, it went missing, didn't it? I think. Mm. Is that right, Pete? <gasps>
3: Apparently, yeah. Don't know. I haven't heard much about it, to be honest. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but I've seen there was Segway, and I also went and did my laundry for the first time since we've been on the tour. Today. Oh, yeah. It didn't
1: go totally smoothly, though, didn't no. it, Pete? Uh, um, did you know, t- talk know, us through that this morning? Ah.
3: Uh, you know, when you just realise. There was like 40 washing machines in the laundrette. <laughs> put it on. <laughs> took me it so took me so long to even understand the whole situation or I think it's my first time I've ever been in a laundrette for for a start. And then I was like, right, how do I do this? Figured it out, go to lock the door, go to the machine. Then I sat down, I was like, "Oh, damn it." Like 4 minutes into the wash, it was the what the four out of 40 washing machines that had the slot that opens to put Fabric softener and detergent in, and yep. I was just like, oh, g- why? <laughs> like forty-five minutes sat here opposite <laughs> this stupid washing machine for <laughs> nothing. <laughs> I was so angry. It was it forty-five minutes? The, the times it's quite precious in the morning,
1: isn't it, to do your Very. own thing? But you could have, I suppose, if it, all it was doing was rinsing, which effectively you cool, can't stop it, it in the laundrette. Can't you? No, can't you? How? So no, it just no, has, to go, whole, has to go through the whole. Has to go.
3: <laughs> Fuming, absolutely <laughs> raging. Oh
1: dear.
2: I don't know, it makes me feel just slightly less embarrassed about buying um denture, fixture, paste, rather than toothpaste.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's what have you done with that, by the way? Have you chucked it away, kiddo?
2: Oh, I, I as soon as I realized what I'd done, I furiously threw it in the bin right
1: away. Did you? Overarm throw into the bin? No,
2: I was like, underarm because I was in the bathroom, boys, sticking my teeth together. We're my definitely toothbrush. fine. <laughs>
1: Guys,
4: we're definitely fine. Yeah. We've got a very official ASO car in front of he us. He knows now. what he's doing. He knows exactly what he's doing. So do we. Yeah. He's ripping
3: it as we well. We yeah. need yeah. to have Just more don't confidence. Don't try and follow him. He's Please, driving David. quite Please quick yeah. Quick yeah. follow him, David. Go on. Yeah. Yeah. No. We need to have more confidence, by the way, in what we're doing. Oh, hang on. All Some this second, second guessing. guessing this like. looks
1: interesting. But no, no, it's, it's fine.
2: Okay. fine. Yeah, it's okay. Oh, my obvious course reconnaissance are coming back
1: to me. Obisque. happy memories. Then obviously Cadell's not got happy no, memories at the Coldobisk. B-
2: B- obisque has been a bit of a funny one for me. Cadel, um, could you hold
1: your microphone a bit closer to your mouth? I'm you? sorry. No, that's, no, that's right. The Obisque has well been a obisque. bit of a funny one for well, me. One, one yeah. job Cadell. He's not. He's got multiple jobs. Go on. T- t- tell us about that.
2: Oh, the first time I came here was uh, course reconnaissance in preparation for my first Tour to France in 2005, and as I was trying to squeeze in mountain training and motor pacing, I and was in 40 then. Together. <laughs> <laughs> together. I, um, af- just after you descend the Obisque, I'm asked, uh, I was with my swanier. can you motorpace us? And I was motor pacing with Mario Arts behind the van. He said, watch out, there's some gravel up here. And I said, what? Boof. I fell down and broke my collarbone. <laughs> oh, sorry, shouldn't have. So, um, so I sort <clears> of had a bit of, I didn't like the Obisque. And then come race day, um, I managed to get myself together and do the race and, um, I was following the move, the moves for the, as we were talking about the the points, uh, sorry, in the commentary today, uh, yesterday about the following the moves after the points and that's when the breakaway went. Yeah. Um, I was following the move, moves for the points for my teammate, Robin McEwen, and next thing I knew I was in a breakaway and uh, for 110 kilometres, which worked out really well for me, not quite as well as the breakaway today, but it solidified Good my place. In that. It solidified my place into the first ten in my first Tour de France, which looks pale by comparison to a Segway that I'm not allowed to make.
3: I have to say, Gaudel <laughs> and Ned and David actually, because we're all in the car driving up the Obisque. It's a Sorry, beautiful. That was
2: all on the Obisque,
1: So then the Obisque turned. It's a
3: it's a beautiful climb, isn't it?
1: Turn yeah, it's very table. wooded, isn't it? Like and also very green. It's not particularly steep. Does it, is there a I steep I section to feel the it in the yeah, car? But it, it kicks it might up be. once we get to the next place. <coughs> Long though.
2: Yeah, very long. We'll see when it opens out. We going sort of to go above bit? the Is tree line here, and it's quite it's quite incredible up there. I'm happy to go back and see it. Yeah. David, see Obisque it, memories? Can you remember Obisque? Uh,
4: I remember my first Tour de France. We did a stage. Uh, the first mountain stage was... Uh, Marie, I think we did Soudé, Marie Blanc, oh, and... Today's stage, And basically. Obisque. And Obisque. At yeah. The at the end, right. And uh, I can remember just thinking the Marie Blanc was so hard. Came over in a small group with George Hink, actually. <laughs> and... Um, Oh no! Then we finished on Autocam, I think. That seven, seven k's to go. Is it close to you? No, yet? next day was. Anyway, Autocam. I can't remember. They were
1: quite close, something. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Yeah. yeah. Anyway, it's really hard. Isn't it? that's my memory. So no, it's, Autocam's a little it's bit. Participants' yeah, yeah, totally raced here way. as well, I think. Oddly. Right. Yeah. I just up what to the it? where we just up to the um, the town before. Didn't do the whole thing. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's uh, no good memories. Basically, which is stories of all mountains for me. <sighs> yeah. Oof. Today's stage, Ned.
1: I can't remember. Today's stage? Yeah. Do we have to? Summary of yeah, today's stage. Yeah, summary, let's do it. <laughs> Now's the time. Away from Poe, they go, with its famous castle and its bijou restaurants and its uh, funicular and its little park at the bottom with all those stand-up little menhirs uh, bearing the legends of the tours in photographic, uh, uh, um. in fact, Cadell, you must be one of them, yeah? Down at the bottom, oh. there's a little Parc des Géants du Tour. Oh, Tour du to Yeah, de you know, I yeah, saw yeah, that yeah. on
2: the uh, coverage this morning yeah. while I was... I reckon you're researching for
1: my day job yeah I reckon your your um uh, your ruggedly handsome features would be portrayed down there I wouldn't be surprised at all the 2011 winner of the Tour de France um amongst all the other greats and um anyway they left all that behind them because every single year uh, the Tour de France drops into Po, pretty much without exception 74 occasions 74 occasions I can't remember an edition ed- 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 yeah that's that is knowledge isn't it it's good knowledge Um, Anyway, up the Col du Soudé, that was the first one. Uh, But but before that, uh, Wout van Aert and Victor Kampenaerts, in particular, had a a, a bit of a plan today. Kampenaerts is just an opportunist, isn't he, and a really aggressive rider. He'd had a long conversation back in the bunch with uh, Wout van Aert, both Belgians. Van Aert clearly executing a Jumbo-Visma plan that came to glorious fruition, at least to 90% towards the end of the stage. Van Aert then in full Van Aert mode decided to rip it up along with a bunch of other riders and eventually a 36 rider group went clear on the um, on the flat approach or the, uh, the, the the false flat approach to the intermediate sprint of the day. When they got close to the sprint, about 3 kil- kilometres from the sprint, Campenarts and Maz Pedersen and Wout Van Aert, and Brian Cockart clipped off the front, and um, uh, they wanted to, well, Pat Pedersen and Cockart were the only two there who wanted to contest uh, green jersey points, and actually Brian Cockart quite comfortably got the better of Maz Pedersen, which is a notable little footnote, I think, because Brian Cockart finished in fourth place in yesterday's bunch sprint, and he's clearly going rather well. And he moved into second place in the points competition to Jasper Philipson, who's got a very, very handsome lead in the points competition. That done, Brian Kokka sat up. It uh, wasn't on for Maz. Pedersen was eventually dropped. Kampenarts and Watt Van Art pushed on. And Van Art uh, continued to animate the race all the way up the Col de Soudé, uh, where he was off the front with them. Um, Look at that waterfall, Pete. Describe
2: Ooh. it. It's very tall. Oh, my God. A lot of water falling down.
1: How do you, ex-
3: how do you describe a waterfall other than. I, I don't know. Uh, I remember uh, this. Ned, point I'm not. I'm not as good with, with these. Overhangs good here. with words. So as you.: see are.
2: how much steeper it is now, Ned. It's just. I think this might be the steepest section. Oh, Cadell, are you
3: are you actually on the pod there, Cadell? Just speaking to David.
1: I, well, it's a bit of both. All oh, right. That's all right. No, because of his phone call. Yeah. Oh, that was quite strange, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> was that yesterday morning, when I spoke to your friend? Oh, he's a listener a the podcast. Listener, isn't he, Cadell? Shall we uh, name check uh, it?
2: yes, yes, yes. My my friend who you spoke oh, to, who's amazing. read all of
1: your books, is also a listener of Paul Redke.
2: If you're listening to, uh, never strays far. We're
1: straying very far. We are straying very far. That's temporarily. We'll come back to the race in a minute. But yeah, Paul, it's very nice to talk to Paul. But you called your friend Paul, which blows my mind because you're sitting in the back of a uh, car in France on your mobile phone, and you were calling your mate Paul, who's in the Northern Territories, uh, Cairns, in, close, close to Cairns, yeah, in Cairns yeah. um, visiting his daughter. And literally, wait. Which is this La Mangie? Oh no, it's a no, totally different place, isn't it? Family. Sorry. Is um, this what altitude, I wonder what altitude is. It is it Gouret. Gourette?
2: That's Goret. That's, that's an ugly building.
1: Yeah. Just, to the I just road. love
3: this is amazing, isn't it? I love this. This is great. Do when you hit the village towards the top of the climb. Just get that sense of I don't know waterfall village. It's like
1: All happening. Yeah. Cadell's friend Paul. Um, had a chat with him and uh, back to the race. Um, so, Van Aert and Kampenarts are leading the way up the Col de Soudé, and they get pretty close to the top. And um, because, because it, they've made it so hard, UAE Team Emirates are starting to come under a little bit of pressure to control the presence of, I think specifically, two riders who they're really worried about in the remains of the breakaway there, or the, the second group on the road that was trying to chase down Wout Van Aert, and it was Jai Hindley. At 22 seconds to Adam Yates' uh, yellow jersey, and uh, Giulia Ciccone at 43 seconds. Emmanuel Buchmann was also there from Border court, the German national champion. But it's Hindley who people were really concerned about. I think UAE Team members had a, a job to control the whole thing um, over the top of that climb. Then uh, the bit of a uh, bit, of, bit of bit of that massive group started to get shredded, and uh, riders started to get caught. But there was still a lot of riders off the front. And dropping down, they hit a valley road with another Cat 3 climb in the middle of it. So around about 40 kilometers until the foot of the, the Marie Blanc. By the time they got to the foot of the Marie Blanc, um, things had changed a little bit. Van Aert was still there, but he dropped away fairly quickly thereafter. And on the Marie Blanc, two riders went clear. Felix Gall, who'd actually um, been the, the, the best climber over the top of the Col du Soudé and picked up the maximum King of the Mountains points, and Jai Hindley attacked everyone else from the breakaway and went clear. Uh, and UE, what have I, what else have I got, forgotten? UE team Emirates were starting to work through their number. Marc Soler hit the front. He'd been in the original breakaway. Uh, Felix Grosschartner also dropped back and was picked up. He was also didn't do too long a turn Not on the front. end for Micah. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Wout van Aert then was caught and Jumbo Visma at the point where Wout van Aert was no longer off the front, weirdly, for a bit, started to work effectively with uh, UAE Team Emirates because Jai Hindley at this point was the virtual leader by two, two and a half minutes or something like that on the lower slopes of the uh, Marie Blanc. But that all changed. Rafa Micah did a massive job and then um, once he was sort of done, Sepp Kuss hit the front and Jumbo visma started to ride down Jai Hindley who by now had attacked Felix Gall and uh, Sepp, yeah, Sepkus was uh, doing a typical brilliant Sepp Kuss ride taking clear Jonas Vingegaard on his wheel and Tadej Pogacar on the wheel of Jonas Vingegaard and before Chris was even done just as he was perhaps beginning to fade Vingegaard attacked Pogacar and that's the point Pete that's the point where the Tour de France took a oh, massive left yeah. turn
3: and the Obisca is a serious climb slight segue but I mean uh, sorry I mean I'll go back to that in one second but yeah. when, we have, when we ever have the option to take the the motorway or to go over the, one, one of, of great the climbs l- of legendary climbs of the Tour de France. Well, it's the I think we should always, and it, I'm not driving, so it's on David, but
1: it's, it's just great to see in a car, isn't it, sometimes? The Col of course, in 1910 was the first time they ever went over the Col d'Orbisque. It was the famous occasion when uh, uh, Eugene Christophe was rumoured to have uh, shouted at the the officials of the Tour de France as he went over the top who were waiting there to see who crested the climb in first place <laughs> assassin vous êtes des assassins which is um probably didn't happen but it was widely reported um, but anyway
3: yeah going back to your original question mm. Sep Jonas
1: Vingegaard and today
3: Pogacar today Pogacar was probably David what do you think, already on the limit slightly um, yeah, during Sep turn yeah, on the front. He I didn't th- look comfortable.
4: I think Vingagor must have looked over and just seen something and just sensed it. Yeah. Because that was just an enormous attack from him or just Vingagor felt so good. He thought, screw it. I can, if I go now, I can take it to the top, whatever happens. And Pogaccia is not going to, not going to kind of
3: counterattack attack me. We had that overhead shot of him out of the saddle when he launched his attack. Yeah, and, and you and just seen the distance he put into the catcher.
2: Pog, Pog didn't even get out of the There sky. was no reaction. To me, Pog looked like he was way nearly at the top, aren't we?
1: Yeah, a c- couple of K, I think, to the top. 2K, I think. Yeah.
2: Um,
1: <coughs> put a minute into.
2: It's so cloudy up here, we can't see more than 200 yeah, meters. Yeah, we're in driving into the
1: fog here at the top of the cockpit. Put a minute
3: into Jai Hinley in 2K. Yeah, it was
1: yeah. extraordinary. <laughs> it was extraordinary. Yeah, Pogacar looked <clears throat> frankly beaten and I think Daniel Freib made a really good point when we were talking to him afterwards and I think Pete, you made a similar point that um, when Pogacar lost time on the Col du Granon last year, a si- possibly a similar amount of time, um, that was as the result of having been aggressive and attacking and overcooking it. This time he just surrendered.
3: I made the point to Catal in the post-age commentary that we do because I, for one, have never witnessed a Tour de France won by someone attacking and riding in, that, in the manner that Kogaccia does. Even when he won it, I can't remember him being so
1: offensive and aggressive in the first week. No. and I think a lot of us just want to believe that's a way you can win yeah, the Tour de France. because it's so great to watch. Because it's so great to watch, but it's not, it doesn't feel at the moment a viable route no. to success. Or am I being uh, I th- I in think terms of the race and the drama? Am I being overly pessimistic? I think
3: it's um, oh, right.
2: my, my first feelings. Go on. I totally agree with you and Pete. Good good for for seeing that point um, <clears throat> and bringing it up before before anyone had a chance to realize it. Um just going back to guards just looked across, and that was a bit old school racing. He sensed that he wasn't good, and bum. I've gone blank.
4: <coughs> That's all right. The poll. Happens to yes, of us, Maybe Caddell. it's the
3: mess clouding well, your yeah. mind, Brother Caddell. Yeah.
2: It yeah, happens. It does. I've got brain block. Okay. That's all right. That's fine.
1: That's okay. Sorry,
2: folks.
1: That's all right. Yeah. There was something. Was there something old school about you? There was something
4: pretty. Can I, can I bring a point that was interesting as well? Regards, this was, let's go back to Jay Hindley because he dropped Felix Gow. So what was really interesting going back to what you were just saying, Pete, about mm, being conservative to win. Mm-hmm. Jay Hindley in that move was just captain conservative in the big group. Captain <laughs> conservative! <laughs> wasn't he? <Yeah.
2: laughs> was like he did not see the front until he, no, until he, he went across to goal. David,
3: yeah. one, mm. one point of note is actually he was and he wasn't because in order to be in that position where he was he had to be less conservative True. to get into the breakaway. Yeah. Which was ballsy from him. It was brave. It was Considering bold. he, with his Palmares <coughs> already, winner of the Giro, Second in the Giro.
1: I mean, th- those guys, UAE Team Emirates and Jumbo Visma dropped the ball a little bit, didn't they, early on? The, uh, you know, they can't yeah, have noticed him sneaking away. Thirty km riders wasn't it. away, or yeah. there's
2: lots of climbs, but there's a Grand Tour winner in there. Yeah,
1: yeah it's
3: not that ideal. It? Not often often happen, that happens, And it no. also, Bookman, who's finished fourth in the Tour. Yes. Yeah. Well, who's who's his teammate? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. Who's? Yeah. It's teammate. really.
1: I, I'm always amazed at how brilliant the peloton is and the 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 key players uh, identifying the riders and knowing who's dangerous and actually shutting down the moves it seems to work 99 times out of 100 doesn't it but on this occasion he slipped through and this
3: comes to the point about radios like everyone goes on about that they can team team radio sorry that the the directors can control the teams and their riders through the radios but they don't they don't have the information quick enough in order to do that because yep. it needs to be done there and then. Otherwise, all of a sudden, well, thirty-six people have got a minute over the top of the obese. Cadell Evans has got thirty seconds on it's Peter Kenya. Church up there, oh. but you can't even yeah.
2: see. Um, you can't even see it how foggy it is.
3: And then now we're on the descent. But yeah, um, it was just chaos, wasn't it, David? But
4: yeah, it wasn't. And but once Jay Hindley had kind of cut himself loose and gone all in on the the Marie Blanc, no one took time out of him apart from Vingegaard. Yeah, which yeah. was insane. Yeah, can you like
2: from the top of the obisk? Um,
3: from the top of the oh, uh, sorry,
2: the top. Thank you. Yeah. The top. Where, where uh, I'm, I'm, I've got brain block.
3: But then He's another another point to make is how much work once, and also how much work did Jai Hindley do to get in the break? Maybe not that much. And also once he was in there, let, let's not forget there was thirty six riders. To begin no, with, how much work did he TV? do? No, not much. Not much no, probably, maybe no. not much different he to. He covered
4: the moves in the Soudé, but just rode them conservatively. Yeah. Let Ciccone do loads and Felix Galgo off the front. Yeah, so it's.
3: just and Lopez. It's that just was a right. really clever yeah. race, wasn't it? Mm. From It was.
1: I, I made the point that I think is valid that he, in microcosm, the way he raced today's stage is a mirror of the way he raced the entire Giro d'Italia uh, last year because he just he just conserved and conserved and conserved and hit out when it really mattered um and he did that over three weeks to win the Giro and he did it um when it mattered today um
2: yeah. it, it, he it's really is like obviously he's a great rider but what really is impressive when we analyze it like this is his ability to do that like who would think if they're trying to go on the podium of the tour de france to go in a breakaway not not, not many. many people yeah <laughs> <he did>. <laughs> And then when he was in the break being so clever and so calm, and then, oh, wait, 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 now's my time. Because if you look at someone like um, Felix Gall, who was just jumping away and wasting energy here and there and riding really slowly and badly on the downhill and getting caught by Vingegaard.
4: But it was also, I think he accidentally got in the move. And so because he was accidentally in there and he was almost, I think we heard afterwards Ned that that wasn't supposed to happen. He wasn't supposed to be in a move today. Like that was kind of uh, almost yep. an order so once he was in there it was like "Ooh, I better like not do anything yeah because i've m- made a bit of a mistake here so that almost forces him to be guilt-free about doing nothing yeah and it sort of started to play out i mean sometimes in racing you have the tactics just fall into your lap by accident yeah and but, that's exactly what happened but today. they f-
1: once they realized that with hindley and the other 35 riders in that group there were not just, it wasn't just Hindley who was a threat on GC, it was Ciccone, it was Buchmann, and of course it was Wat van Art as well. Once they realized there was all that, the, all those other riders, it wasn't an ordinary breakaway. No. If you'd been up the road with a bunch of stage hunters and nothing else, it might not have played and out like that. what makes- So they could really commit with um, Conrad.
3: What makes me think that the riders sometimes know more about what's going on in the race than we do, even though we watch it for hours and hours on end, and we. We feel like we have more information than they do at certain times. Mm. Is that no one seemed bothered about Alaphilippe and Wout van Aert being yep. up the road yep. from that breakaway? Yeah, which tells quite a lot, doesn't it? Because usually you'd be like, you don't want to let Wout van Aert if you're going for the stage at that point.
1: Oh, you mean because of the quality of the rest of the breakaway? Yeah. You know, yeah, it was like they yeah. just weren't yeah. phased.
3: We'll, by get it. Them. we'll get them back in.
1: Yeah. Also,
4: can we talk about Wout? Let's be- talk about Wout because there's a part of me that we saw into it last year's Tour de France where he go on these rampages. But there was a just what, going off the back of what you were saying pete although he kind of forced it and then was constantly off the front he wasn't actually having that much of an effect because he, he wasn't the key player he wasn't the threat for the riding that was going on behind while when he was off the front in the sude was done by the gc teammates yeah by um uh who was it pascal conrad or patrick conrad patrick, patrick yeah patrick conrad and lopez yeah and they were doing it more just to indifferent to who was off the front. But Wout was just smashing himself. And I don't know, there's a part of me that thinks a lot of that's just emotional rampage.
1: Because- It was yeah. like an echo of last year yeah. without quite being last year yeah, somehow.
4: In the end, all he could do was, I mean, there was obviously the tactic that if he could make it to the top of Marie Blanc and he still had it in him, he could have helped Wingergaard in the running. If, you know, because Wingergaard needed that help on those seven Ks. Yeah, because he ended up being isolated and through having f- three, four riders just sitting on his wheel and you could see he was just flying himself. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Just, uh, he t- 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 yeah, he took back 10 seconds. On so like I guess driving. it was pretty
4: close.
3: It's, it, th- it's just a fickle sport, isn't it? Like if you go back to a year or two ago, we were saying Wout van Aert, Matthew van der Poel, Tadej Bogatje, uh, Alaphilippe. We couldn't see past them for the next three to four years. <laughs> All of a sudden we're talking about Jai Hindley. Yeah, and and it's it, it can change with a click of the fingers, can't it? Yeah. So c- so fast and so quickly that yeah, it's n- it's, n- it's from one year to the next, nothing's a given, is it? Or a
1: certainty? No, and it feels like now, doesn't it? Feels like this is Jonas Vingegaard's race to lose somehow, even yeah. though he's not in yellow. But given what we saw today, it was so impressive, so devastating to a rider like Tadej Pogacar. How quickly that's changed, you know? Which gives you hope for the rest th- of the race. It's only just over a, a year ago that Tadej Pogacar was going to win his third. At Tour de France, and he was going to build a dynasty at this race. I mean, obviously he does a whole load of other stuff, and it's just not the case any longer. Um, so you're right, things move fast. Tell, us, should, about, tell us about Jai, um, uh, yeah. uh, Cadel. What do you know?
2: Well, yeah, I, I have a little bit of contact with him. I don't, but I don't know him very well. Um, Obviously, well, what whatever, we all see what we see on TV in the races. Since so I'm not going to go into that much, because most people watch more TV than I do, <laughs> um, a lot more bike racing than I do. But he's a very quiet, very, very yeah. reserved individual. Nice guy. I think he has an Italian girlfriend. Actually, I, I was meant to contact him. Actually, not. He does. I, I should have uh, politely asked yeah, how are you going, how you're feeling. But um, where's your girlfriend from? Because that's funny. Because we're two Aussies with uh, over here, um, with Italian girlfriends, fiancées, whatever. Um, in in or in relationships, let's say, but um, very quiet, very reserved. And um, yeah, I w- I'd say he's, he's a very, vi- I'd say obviously he's a very good bike rider, but wow, he's an even better understater. Um, <laughs> did you hear his interview after the stage today? That was just hilariously understated. It was fantastic. I loved it. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah. He was a bit like that when he won the Giro and also, I think this is quite important when he lost the Giro. To Theo Gegenhardt in 2020 on the final time trial he was totally phlegmatic about that as well wasn't he he kind of saw it coming and didn't you know didn't beat himself up about it was satisfied with his very satisfied with his second place and and so very level-headed isn't he yes yeah, he's,
2: yeah, he's, yeah r- remarkably so remarkably so oh it's oh I, I was I'm still a little bit emotionally um <sighs> For a good way, shaken by it all, like yeah. in a good way, um, it's just just amazing. And I'm a little bit um, uh, in, a, in a moment of realization what he's done. Not nearly as much as he will be, but he's going to have that all to enjoy tomorrow.
1: Quite a collection of jerseys he's building up. now. Interesting well, yeah. side note:
4: Ned lent Jay um, his telephone so he could speak to
1: his Ma- girlfriend, Martina. Yeah,
3: that's cool. Yeah.
1: Mm. Yeah, I know Martina because um, I work with her. At she's uh, she works for RCS. She works for the Italian race organisers who organise the Giro d'Italia. Ah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. T- it was you who were telling me. Yeah, yeah and um, so I know Martina. So I just I, I, we ended up. It was strange the way the zone technique was laid out today. So at the anti-doping protocol area was uh, right next to our truck, and I right, was literally right next to it. So half an hour after the race had finished after Jai had done all his podium and his interviews for the media he was stood there with Nielsen Paulus who'd been chosen at random to do a um an anti-doping test and they were just waiting because there was a bit of a log jam and so I messaged Martina and I said I'm actually standing right next to Jai Hindley do you want a word because um, I know that riders at the end it, it takes a long time for them to get to their phone and actually call their loved ones so, and um, Martina just texted back straight away, yes. So I, I dialed up a number and I passed my phone through the fence to Jai and they had a nice chat, which was- Oh, is, that yeah.
2: was very good will of you. No, you yes. really made, you know, well, the yellow jersey kind of made Jai's day, but that might've, you know, calling with the yellow jersey there might've made his day even more. Yeah. Um, oh, mm-hmm. and,
4: and so then also we are waiting for you guys to finish finish punditry, so- Oh, that's Ned, great. So Ned kind of disappeared. and I saw flash up in our group a picture of Pog um, that clearly Ned had taken from the barriers and I was like oh Ned's like schlugging so I thought I'll go and join him
1: well it's great on mountain days isn't it when the yeah. race is in bits because we finish our commentary shift and then, but there's loads of groups still coming in so we can go to the barriers and we can see all the riders coming in up close and personal sort of thing you know and that oh. was me standing by the side of the road going god that's Jonas Rickart from Alpes in <laughs> I saw Vanderpool really close, David. Did you? Yeah. What? And I was fumbling to get my phone out. Entirely. How did he look? Is he all right? He he, he stuck his tongue out at this one year to indicate I need a so- I need a fizzy drink now. Oh really? And he got one. Uh-huh. So that's, that's 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 the update there.
4: Well, we waited for the grupetto, and the our dear friend the uh, the goat Mark Cavendish rolled up, and in, uh, in classic Mark Cavendish oh, that fashion was it was yeah. brilliant. What did he do?
1: Well, he, yeah, he spotted you and then me next to you sort of by the side of the barriers, and he made his way. He was just actually, where was he talking to? Um, Tim de Klerk, wasn't he, who had been in the Grippetto with him. And he left him and he kind of like, he kind of rode across to the barriers where we were. And instead of saying, all right, David, hello, Ned, he said, the first thing he said was, without any hellos, he said, imagine being like a grown man and, and, like, and, and, and asking for bead ons by the side of the road. <laughs> 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 that was first I, first I mean, thing. it's unbelievable, isn't it? <laughs> Drone man asking for bead on. Do so you want a bead on, David? <laughs> he didn't realise that if he'd given me a bead on, I would have be been absolutely delighted. He would I not didn't, be... didn't dare ask at that point. And then he, he gave you a hug. That. He yeah. gave you a hug where it was almost like I thought, get a room. Because it was, <laughs> it was an embrace. It was an embrace that went on like uncomfortably long. Best, best friend, though. Yeah? Best friend. David. David. Oh. He was Copenhagen 2011. <laughs> Won't we'll forget that, yeah. no. lad. Lead lad. Out. <laughs> no, but he was great form. Great form, wasn't he? On such good My God, form, he was just he? like he just didn't care. He was like, also, what a legend! Like, you yeah. did that thing. I'm so glad you did that and not me, David. What? You did that thing where you said to, him, oh, what about Jai Hindi though, eh? Yeah. And he went. Don't care. Not my race. I have no idea. <laughs> no idea. Don't care. It's not my race, is it? Nothing to do Two with it. Two different me. races. Yeah. Two different races. And that's so funny because I remember in my early tours, you know, I, as a naive journalist, I would sometimes ask sprinters about that kind of thing. And they would always give me that kind of an answer, yeah. especially yeah, Cav. Yeah. But I was so glad you said that.
4: Actually, interesting <laughs> in regards to circuit yesterday. He said it was really slippy. Ah. Yeah. Okay. Makes so sense Slippy. So that's slippy what was causing the, the squid no, games. No, no. Heat. Maybe squid made by the scratches. Yeah. Yeah.
3: made by the tires to yeah. create the grip. Yeah. This road is so bloody amazing. I, this uh, is one of the most beautiful roads I've ever driven on in my life. This it is the only remarkable. side
1: I've ever been up of the Obisque. And the first time I ever rode up here was a long time ago. It was the first big Pyrenean climb I ever rode up. And I rode up with Chris Boardman and Matt Rendell. And if you want to know the GC, it finished Boardman, me at 2 minutes 40 and Rendell at about 3.50 on that. Yeah, particular yeah. right. Yeah.
2: We've just entered the Ault Pyrenees. Region.
3: If anyone wants to go on a holiday on their bikes, I would honestly solo. highly recommend riding Two on this road. Solo. It's unbelievable. Yeah, like, it's great.
1: Look at it. And also, I say this every year, but Pyrenees win, Alps lose. Oh,
3: every time. Like,
1: 100%. Yeah. The 100%. The places are places. They're not silly, artificial places. The roads are emptier normally. Obviously Tour de France, and that's not necessarily the case, although it is the case. Um, and the climbs are all clustered together. And it's just, just so untouched. Yeah. I mean, look out
2: your left there, Ned. Yeah. I can't even see a building. It's fantastic. Well, I can see two.
4: It's like Scotland on steroids. Just <laughs> <hell of> <laughs> <movie. laughs> <Massively. laughs>
3: is Yeah. You don't Isn't it? Often go to places where yeah. you don't see buildings. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So where does Cadell? Oh, no, your Cadell. Where does Jai's race go from here, Cadell? Do you think? Wow.
2: Well, I hope he stays in yellow all the way to Paris. That'd be great. Um, But hang on, let's just be um, realistic. Uh, Coming into this race, I had hopes for him, but I didn't want to say anything. But he was a good contender for... Third place behind Pog and Vingaard was yep. my pick coming into this, um, and a, a rider who didn't make the cut today,
1: Skjelmose. Skil- Skilmos? Skjelmose. Uh, uh, I, yeah, well, um,
2: I thought
3: he was. I thought he was. Matthias Matthias. Well, those I thought he was. Big stage today, Skjelmose. <laughs> yeah.
1: got a tackle Very out.
3: important to keep the concentration, eh? Also, first mountain stage. Also, yeah. he,
1: he was on the decker. Huh? Okay. He fell heavy, so Skjelmose is carrying some bruising to his left thigh. Skelmos. Um, yeah, only are.
3: superficial though,
1: Skelmos. Yeah, just a little bandage and maybe some iodine.
3: Keep the focus.
2: Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> yeah, I thought I thought he would be like my first pick
2: <laughs> of the contenders for third place. Oh, I think there's loads but,
1: more to come from him. I but, really do. He's not got going yet.
2: But it's yeah. it's also like Pog is a minute 50
1: down. I don't... On um, Jai. On Jai and he's and he's, 50. he's within a minute to oh. Jonas is and he right? climbed
3: the same speed as Jai yeah. on the
1: f- yeah he on he Mariblan he held exactly
3: interesting
2: mm.
1: yeah so it's been just not given to
3: Jai's just speed
2: up there 2437 I think was the Pog's uh, time yeah. uh, two years ago up there Um <clears throat> but yeah and that they rode exactly the same speed from when he was dropped to the finish line it was it was actually um yeah, Vingegaard who closed towards Jai in front yeah. 10 or 20 seconds well, after it made the again. gap like when they crested to the is top is this Borough
3: Hansgrover's first yellow jersey net I was pretty Oof, pretty crotch. pretty convinced wow. on set um, but I didn't want to call I it, it. Oh,
2: look, I know the owner the one of Borough
3: Hansgrover well not knowing known him, but meeting him and I mean, seeing the person I mean what GC riders have they had of this is years. this is huge for yeah. them. yeah like massive
1: I, I mean, I'm, oh, t- watch I'm tempted to say yes because I can't
3: I looked I googled it Sagan hasn't worn the yellow jersey for Bora.
1: For Bora?
3: And I, there's no Are one you else. sure? I, I'm going to put it out there, yeah. First yellow jersey for bora Said it.
1: You should probably
2: Google it when we have network coverage, I did, I did Google it and cause uh, nothing ca- like.
1: Uh. I've got a feeling, I've got a feeling Sagan wore yellow. No. Nope. Okay, all right. Um, yeah, yeah. That's big as no,
2: well. well. Yeah, I'm, but I'm sort of wondering, is Jai going to maybe manage to slot himself in between the two big favorites? Yeah, well, potentially. Over three weeks.
1: Possibly,
3: yeah. Well, good David's life,
1: got a theory that Pog, that things yeah. can only oh, get better. I,
3: I like this theory. On, no, on,
4: because let's face it. We, I mean, life number it. one. Yeah. I have high expectations of Pogaccia, but also pragmatism in the sense, how many riders could break their wrist at Liège, only do two races from then till now and be where he's at currently? Yeah. And so he's coming in here under-raced. And we know he's an absolute genetic freak. He's not going to get worse, I don't think, during the tour. In fact, in, normally a rider of his capabilities with that kind of run into the tour will improve. Mm-hmm. And also the fact with Pogacar is he is the absolute nemesis for anybody in front of him because he really doesn't care. It's And if he does get better, he'll, he'll make the racing great because he'll go Hail Mary and just have fun racing so the question is whether he just kind of shuts it down for a week now a little bit does ride conservatively and s- starts to assimilate the race and then kind of bides his time for the Alps
1: yeah mm,
2: that's a yeah. good 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 perspective
4: thanks brother Kadar.
2: yeah
4: it's hopeful to be honest. It's just like praying that He's does not, happen yeah. right. well, it's really yeah I always had
2: clever. the idea that this forced rest that he had the forced break that he had through injury is only going to pay dividends for him in the third week
1: yeah I don't know, I, uh, Jonas Vingegaard has dropped Tadej Pogacar many more times with much more effects than Pogacar has ever dropped Jonas Vingegaard throughout their career and it started on Mont Ventoux in 2020, oh, yeah. you know, that was the only, when, when, when um, Pogacar won the race that year, was it 2020 or 2021, yeah, 20, 20, 21. 21, wasn't it, so it was his second Pogacar year, the only rider who threatened him was Jonas Vingegaard with that attack on, on Ventoux that actually distanced had a and the race came back together (sighs) I don't know I don't know if Pog can do it it pains me to say it because my heart says Pog I I must admit where does Pog go from this though if he can't
4: well he probably shouldn't go and try and win Flanders and stuff next year if he wants to win the Tour maybe which is sucks because that's what makes him so great but this is why Grand Tour Tour de France winners don't go into the classic season all guns blazing because and I mean it's an experiment he's young and it might be something they learn, but it would be a shame to see him have to kind of batter down the hatches and go all in he on the tour. Sensible.
2: Yeah, that be disappointing?
3: Talking about his genetics and his physical capabilities, maybe this is just, maybe Jonas Vinegar is just, you know, there and Pogacar is just slightly underneath. And when it comes to long,
1: long climbs, long climbs yeah.
3: and maybe he needs to carry on going to Flanders and these yeah. type of races and get those results. And mm. this is the, this is the rider of his, And unfortunately for him, Vinagal's here and he's just better at him than at the longer climbs. So if you ask yourself that, would, would it, David, be not a risk, but detrimental for Gacha not to do and not yeah. to win those certain races in case he just, that's just who he is as a bike rider. Maybe he finished his career with only two Tour de France wins. Yeah. Oh, hmm. what? Or maybe, <sighs>
1: yeah. So, That was five five stages into the Tour de France. Uh. That's very
2: true. I'm interested to see how he recovers tomorrow because today, did he have a feeding issue? There was a bit of a change in the weather. Um, Can sometimes knock you around a bit. Is he going to recover for tomorrow? Is he going to be... It's going to be... I think tomorrow is going to be pretty indicative of um, what's going to
1: continue on at least in the second week yeah none of us know the future is unknowable it hasn't happened yet well, so it's very difficult to reflect on uh, what's of more immediate concern is that apparently um, we are staying in a place that's so posh tonight that it required a 5,000 euro deposit to Seriously? secure the accommodation well actually
4: when I called up before regards restoration I he did say the
1: pool will be open for us and the hot tub It'll be open. and the hot tub the pool and the hot tub oh will be open amazing.
2: for us
3: and we get
1: no, there at like 10 right. o'clock at night
2: and yeah. uh, no, I'd say in 20 minutes could be really nice a 20 minutes.
4: yeah this has endo- ended up being a blinder guys thank it's you awesome. yeah if
1: brother Cadell if high five you've done brilliant First and pump. also David well done for like all the kind of intuitive you know just decision making road captain thanks he really is actually thanks brother Ned Ed. road captain Um, and yeah I mean on a personal note if it does transpire that later on this evening, uh, we are all in a hot tub and I look around to my left, I've got Peter Kenyuk, to my right, I've got David Miller and right opposite me, I've got the 2011 winner of the Tour de France, Cadel Evans. I will, f- I will wonder inwardly and possibly outwardly. Possibly. Yeah. How, how, how this came to pass.
2: My, my swimmers are in my
1: suitcase. <laughs> <laughs> Naked, brother Cadel. Oh, <laughs> heavens, Let's uh. stop this podcast.